Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Today on Talk Tennis, we are talking all about virtual tennis with two awesome guests who both happen to be from Brazil. Our first guest spent his college years competing at the University of South Florida. He graduated with a finance and management background and went on to play as a pro on the ATP Tour. Post-career, he worked as a tour supervisor for the WTA and now is vice president of Sense Arena for Tennis. Welcome to Talk Tennis, Yannick Yashizawa. I'm sure I mispronounced that. That was very good. No, thanks, Michelle. I uh, appreciate you, you having us here uh, and excited for this. Yes, I'm so excited. And then let me introduce our second guest, who is a team T-Dub for life and one of our favorite ladies to watch compete on the WTA Tour. She's back from injury and setting the doubles court on fire in 2023 with two titles already. She has a bronze medal and won her first Grand Slam this year in mixed doubles at Australia. Career high ranking inside top 10. Welcome to Talk Tennis, Luisa Stefani. Thank you. Thanks for the intro, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yay. Okay. Thanks for having us. Of course. Super excited. I am before we get into the background of either of you two, I'm sure you guys have known each other like in and out through juniors and different career paths. So talk to me about the first time you guys met or maybe maybe you guys did know each other in juniors. Talk about your relationship. I can start because uh, Louisa is much younger than I am. <laughs> so I wish I I was uh, playing juniors when she was. But um, actually, funny story, you know, I played tennis. Again, I'm from 1990. Lou, what year are you? 97. 97, yeah. So we definitely <laughs> did not play juniors. Or maybe when I saw her, she was very little, uh, probably already mm-hmm. serving volley when she was 10 years old. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, growing up playing tennis and then moving into the tour, um, that's when I started uh, getting to know Luisa more. Uh, I think when I was working at the WTA already, and then she was springing into her professional career um, after college. And so I started seeing and getting to know her better and better, I would say, during the two years. And then... As we know, the tennis world is very small. Uh, we started having actually quite acquaintance uh, that worked. Uh, actually, one of her on and off coaches that works with her, Stephanie Tomida, is from my hometown in Brazil. And we actually played juniors nice. uh, together. Um, and then also my aunt uh, ended up working very closely with Luisa as her uh, manager for um, a cup, I don't know for how long, but also, so there was a lot of things happening um, as well. So that's my side of the story. (laughs) No, that's perfect. That sums it up. I think I've heard his name maybe throughout juniors or more even so through college, through acquaintances, like you said. And then I got to know him a bit better during WTA tour when I started playing more WTAs and would meet him at tournaments. And then, yeah, I worked with his aunt for about a year recently and have a lot of respect and admire his family. So, and now I feel like we, we got together again. So it's been really fun. I think it's, we're both from Brazil, but it's been a later 
it's been in the recent years, I think we've grown closer and been closer uh, on tour and off as well in different things, which is really cool. Nice. That's awesome. And I know Luisa a little bit better than I know you, Yannick, but I wanted you both to kind of give us an update on how you got to where you are right now. So for you, maybe you can give us the background on how you went from Brazil to University of South Florida and then graduating with this degree, but then WTA tour and now VP at Sensorina. So basically, uh, as you said, I'm from Brazil. I was born in Sao Paulo. Um, grew up playing tennis. My mom was also a tennis player herself, so I was uh, had a racket in my hand as early as three or four years old. Um, played junior tennis in Brazil, and then my mom sort of always had her dream of coming to the U.S. to work and live uh, after, and then sort of like at that point of my life, um, there was a decision of like, do I go pro, go to college? And I think I was very lucky where she ingrained in me and how college tennis was important uh, from just different aspects of life. So therefore, it happened that I came. Uh, I did my last year of high school in the U.S., went on to uh, play for University of South Florida, as you mentioned, for four years, where I graduated uh, with a uh, double major and then during that time, I was playing, you know, the future levels of tennis uh, and try also to play right after. But I've noticed that, I guess, you know, as I'm sure Luisa will speak more, that you need to have the uh, extra drive, um, you know, as to become a tennis pro. Um, and I think, to be completely honest, I think I didn't have that at that point. Um and which was very tough, you know, but I think on the other side where I had discovered, I think myself in college that I wanted to work in sports um, for sure, which I actually did a f investments banking internship. And I definitely noticed that I did not want to do that for my life. So um, the WT was in St. Petersburg, uh, which, you know, it's only 30 minutes away from where I went to school. Uh, and they were looking for a finance intern. So that's how I started my journey at the WTA, which then I spent nine years there, um, working then as a player relations and then moving on on my last three years as a tour soup, uh, which it was a lot of learnings. And I think the biggest of my accomplishments, I would say, it's actually just creating the relationships that I was able to, to be in the middle of this very high level uh, performers uh, at the end of the day and see their drive, seeing their focus, seeing everything that they do to reach the highest level of the sport. It was uh, fascinating. Uh, but then I would say, you know, I had a little midlife crisis uh, to say that if I would stay in tennis for the rest of my life, completely took a left turn and went to work in a consulting business uh, in sustainability for about a year. Uh, which was great, but then uh, definitely understood that I miss sports uh, for a lot. So as I was looking to get back into sports, this company, Sans Arena, uh, which, uh, you know, we've been in hockey for already for five years, but they were going into uh, getting into tennis. Um, and I never really tried virtual reality before. And that was be my last uh, phrase here. But basically it's the when I put it on and I saw it, I think with the experience that I had as a tennis player myself, but just seeing, you know, the very highest performers where you're always just looking for a edge, 
into your competition and whatever that is that sort of drove me that was like you know i can totally see how can that help athletes as this technology evolves so that's where i am today um so and thank you for having us michelle oh my gosh i love that also as someone that's older than both of you we all have those moments where we're like maybe i should leave tennis and then you leave and you come right back because we all (laughs) obviously have a lot of passion for our sport so that's a cool story um, Lou, we have a whole podcast with you right after you won your Olympic Olympic medal. So I am going to encourage everyone to go listen to that and link it right here in this episode. So instead of having to tell your whole backstory, I kind of want you to pick up from right around your bad injury. I know you don't. We we shouldn't talk about it. That's or anything, fine. But you were having an amazing year. I, you were, I still remember like watching the match at the U.S. Open, right? I think it was against Coco mm-hmm. and McNally and you got injured. And I think that's a lot of where uh, the sense arena for tennis kind of comes in. So I want to talk about that. But talk to me about what's been going on with you since that moment. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like the left turn in my life or where things changed so quickly it was right after the olympic medal obviously it's a big boom in my career and in life in general but then shortly after uh, i was playing us open semis and it's the best my it was my best result to the day um in a grand slam so we're on a roll we're feeling good i'm confident i'm playing well with gabby and we were looking to to get the title but then i i tore my acl in the semis and I had never had any major injury or any even literary injuries that kept me out for a couple months. So let alone needing surgery. So it was a big change, a, a drastic scare, almost like a, a trauma. So, but I think I was in a really good headspace when that happened, which I think is what helped me get over it, not get over it quickly, but accept it and like find the answers really quickly. So I think... I had a great start of my rehab in terms of, okay, like we lost the match. Now there's nothing else I can do. I was very bummed about it, but I moved on really quickly to what do I need to do? What's the diagnosis? What's the MRI? What is ACL? Like, what does it do? <laughs> what do I need to strengthen? And like, I literally left the court and we got the MRI the same day. I was really lucky and I felt very grateful to have all the support so even at USOP or WTA and doctors and I had family surrounding me. So I had a lot of support when that happened. So I think that also gave me a big boost that like it was going to be okay. So fast forward to a year later, I rehabbed and went back on tour last September in 2022. And things started off really well. I won my first... 250, the first event back with Gabi as well in, in, in India, which was very special as well. I went to practice at US Open to kind of get a feeling and get back. It was hard to be there again, but I felt like I put a lot of work um, the whole year to come back strong and I was feeling confident in my body. And obviously there's a lot of challenges coming back from such a major injury, um, mental and even physical. You're not the same your body's not the same your surroundings not the same throughout rehab i also moved back from brazil which i had been living in the states for a long time so i feel like my whole life changed in all ways possible and it was a big opportunity to learn and to do things and i looking back i have a lot of good memories from rehab i feel like it's nice to be able to look back 
and like see all the good things that came from it. Obviously, I think I kind of let aside or avoid the tough moments, but sometimes it's good to remember what I had to go through, you know, to come back and start playing again. But last fall, I won a thousand in Guadalajara, which was also a big week. I feel like since I've come back, I kept proving myself wrong or keeping proving to myself that I was improving, that my body was fine. And you have to consistently tell yourself in your mind that you can do it and that your body's going to handle it and that you're prepared and that you put the fitness um, work in. And so, yeah, so it comes to, I'm at, I'll, I'll tell when I, when I met Yannick at US Open as well. So I met Yannick at US Open because they were there showing the sense arena and all this virtual reality thing was just something I had heard of. And it's like, oh, the future, you know, <laughs> like virtual reality, everything is new, but I feel like the future is also now. And then it was really cool to try that when I was in a very, I think, stressful moment that I was about to start playing again. Mm -hmm. And so any resource that could help me get in a good headspace mentally to be ready to compete and trust my body, trust my knee, especially do the same movements when it's playtime. It's not just practice. Um, that was really cool. And I feel like when you have the virtual reality, I'm a big visual learner as well. So I like seeing, I like um, feeling what I have to do. So in practices, if the coach tells me something, if I have a visual of where I need to be when I hit that shot or um, how fast am I, do I have to get to hit a volley a certain way and I can see it, it helps me learn. It helps me pick up on, on, on what I need to do way faster. So I feel like that was a great tool to have before my right before my comeback. I only wish I would have had throughout my whole rehab process because I think that would have been even better in terms of being able to use that. But I, uh, later on, I managed to use it during the tournaments and it's just the extra work off court and you can kind of feel like your own court after missing out, not missing out because I, I learned other things, but missing out of matches and one year on tour and playing tournaments when you can have a visual very realistic of being on a match court and serving and returning and kind of having more of like yeah the visual of a tournament setup it was really helpful to to get up and get going again on tour um and then comes January so for last year I basically had no expectations right like everything's bonus I just wanted to see how my body would react I had a little plantar fasciitis after I came back. So after you come back from major injuries, sometimes you have a little other things that come up because you focus so much on one thing. And then that ended up getting better as we went through in uh, off season. And then Australia was my main goal because it's my favorite slam. I had not been there in a long time. And so I got there kind of like really excited and ready to go. Um, we played United Cup, which, which was a really fun atmosphere with Team Brazil which I hope they keep doing that, those sorts of events because it really unites, really. There's men, there's women, there's, the fans love it, everybody loves it. And it was a great preparation also for the swing. Um, we went to Adelaide. We won the title there with uh, Taylor, which was a really fun week. It was a last-minute partnership because my partner uh, pulled out, told me that she, was, she wasn't going to play. And so it worked out to play with Taylor, which is one of the most fun weeks I've had all year playing doubles with her because she's amazing. I love her game style. I love her energy and her competitiveness. So that was cool. And then we went on to win the 
Aussie Open mix that was titled as well with Rafa Matos from Brazil, which was the first slam both Brazilians went together. Very special for us and for the whole country and for our families. And I mean, everybody watching so we could feel that energy. Um, so I had a great start of the year. Went on to Abu Dhabi and won with Shui, which is also a great partner, uh, 500 there. So I feel like I had a lot going on since I came back. And then sometimes it's like all too much to, to gather all at once. But I think all the little things that I put together and the things that worked for me throughout my rehab process that I learned both fitness and nutrition or sleep and like trusting my body again and my partners and communication and relationships. I think those are all life relatable things that we kind of have to put together and we get together, get thrown at us in tennis as well that I learned so much that just paid off this whole time. So, and then I add Sensorina as well as another resource for me to add into my trainings. Um, Anything that you can do to get on top of your game or to perform at the high level, but to also trust yourself mentally because your subconscious plays so many tricks, especially after injury. So, and even without any injury. So you have to completely always try to find a way to get out of your own head and like perform, but also be a little balanced, you know, not expect too much, but also push yourself and be ambitious and be competitive. So I think, um, now I'm, I had a good reset after last month, which was a tough month for me. Also, a, a few nagging things. So now I'm ready to get back on the horse and start clay season with good energy. And, and I'm happy to talk to you guys because tomorrow is my first match. <laughs> yes. So I think this talk with good people is also a great way to work our minds and remind ourselves what, what we're here for. So. That's where I am right now. Oh my god! I feel like we just had Luisa's TED talk. That was amazing. Sorry. Yeah. No. I feel like I got in the room. <laughs> don't don't apologize. That was awesome. I I think you have you have so many great things to be able to acknowledge all of like all the things and like I don't even know how to put it into words. It's it's inspiring and awesome. I have goosebumps. Thank you. Oh, okay. yeah, well, that's here. my life since Olympics, basically. <laughs> Well, we love that. And it seems like you have, I, I know you have a very small team, but it's so intentional. Everything that I've seen you ever do is very intentional. So having even Sense Arena as part of a tool that you use obviously is for good reason. So let's get into it. What is Sense Arena? I'm not really a virtual reality gal. So give me the, the download on what this is. Um, yeah. So let me try to simplify. So think, uh, you know, virtual reality, it's not something new, right? Uh, virtual reality, which for most people who have not seen, it's a headset or a lot of people call glasses or goggles that goes around your eyes uh, through your head. Uh, that basically it's an immersive experience for you to um, do any kind of activity, right? Um, it started a very long time ago, uh, more on the military and medical field. Uh, where those industries basically used to train their professionals. Uh, as we can imagine, you know, you cannot really go into a war zone or do surgeries every day to go through that experience. So they started using that for people basically to feel that they're in that environment, which therefore when they need to perform at the quote-unquote real uh, time, 
um, they would be able to have that feeling, go through that process much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with as technology evolved, you know, of course, that technology was very expensive uh, back then, uh, which it still is in many ways. Uh, but now, uh, since COVID happened, um, you know, I think there was a huge boom uh, from that sense, and then it helped become more accessible to the general public, uh, but also into other industries such as sports. You know, I think a lot of people know from how motor racing, especially Formula One, on how they use it, um, because again, it's a very um, dangerous sport uh, that which you cannot, you know, spend one million dollar cars every day uh, of your of your week. But that's how they use it again to train your brain and to, you know, as what Luisa was just saying, that power of visualization that allows athletes or any performers that, you know, you can just get what quote unquote what we say repetitions, right? But through your brain, not necessarily just physically, it's a huge bonus. So um, Sense Arena, now to get into a little bit more, it's a company which started five years ago uh, from Czech Republic. Uh, it started in hockey um, and it has been very successful. You know, we have uh, over five NHL teams, uh, 15 um, D1 schools uh, that use it uh, and about 100 pros um, that use it, uh, Sense Arena, in the hockey space already. Uh, actually, the Frozen Four just happened, uh, and two of the D1 teams that were on the Frozen Four used Sense Arena. And Kinupiak, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, <laughs> which actually was the team that won it, uh, their goalie uses tremendously, uh, almost on a daily basis. So we see how these, let's say, new players as well are starting to use more and more and in being part of the, their training. So as hockey was pretty successful, uh, in the end of 2021, the company decided to expand into another sport. Uh, and due to, you know, we know how... Tennis has a huge history in Czech, Slovakia, uh, and as well as, you know, the technical part of coming from hockey to tennis because hockey you use a stick, in tennis you use a racket to control the ball so it's not directly with your hand. It was also a way to go. So basically now going to a little bit more the science part of it is what we do in tennis and what we talked about the other industries that's the same exactly thing that we do we try to help players visualize and get the repetitions into specific situations so they can train their cognitive and mental skills so we have a whole aspect of tennis drills that we call which you're not there to, you know, train your backhand technique or forehand spin, but actually to understand, okay, where do you position yourself? What that kind of decision that you're making, you know, how fast you're reacting to the balls coming at you. And then we also have about 15 cognitive drills, uh, which are very centered, not so much on the tennis court, but are very much, you know, like touching um, balls or touching, you know, screens that you need to get or putting, you know, what do we call a multitask, which is like different squares, triangles, and so on. So, like, it's very, (laughs) yeah. So it's really like true. There's a drill where you're like doing tennis and being asked math problems. (laughs) And I'm like, so you gotta hit the volley where the correct answer is, or from the baseline too. But volleys is even tougher because it's a bit less time. 
I, I that's one of the ones that I was going to mention because it's so hard sometimes you have to so the machine feeds you the ball and you just you have your he's going to explain how you go but you basically put your your glasses and then you have your racket on your hand with the widget that it's going to show where the the ball's going and so when they throw you the ball you got to hit whatever the right answer is so they might give you four different numbers so it's, it's 2 plus 2 you got to hit the volley or the ball from the baseline wherever the number 4 is so you got to aim like cross court or you got to aim short down the line so you kind of have the visual and also your technique will kind of change depending accordingly to where you want to hit and then they track score so for all the athletes who are all competitive is also fun. So whenever you don't want something to chill, if you want to just be chilling, you know, and like exercise in your mind, I feel like that's fun. But if you also want to get competitive or even have fun with, some, if you're playing with somebody or somebody else has it, you can also kind of do it like a little competition where you, you get more into it and, and do all sorts of drills. But yeah, you can continue. I love that <laughs> yeah, no, 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 exactly. And I think, just to summarize that, you know, that math or we have like a caller as well that pops up and you need to hit you that caller. As we know, in tennis, you know, you're probably one of the sports that you need to make decisions so frequently and you're there by yourself making those decisions. Every one second you're making that decision and on and on and on, right? And then how we can help players, that's more than a decision, right? So if it's two plus two and you need to hit you that four, it's just what we call speed up your brain. So the faster that you can make decisions, the faster your muscles react to make that decision on court, right? So like that gives you the extra millisecond that then you become, quote unquote, a faster player, which at the end of the day, you're actually, your brain is becoming faster. So at least you take a little bit of a less toll in your body uh, for your brain being uh, faster. A lot of our listeners are pretty competitive, like USTA players, 4-0, 4-5, you know, 3-5, but playing on a lot of leagues. So how would you see this working best for someone like that? And is it something that they could replace their their practice with? Or is it something where, like, they could do it 20 minutes a day? How would it best be used by, let's say, not a rec player, but someone that's pretty serious about their tennis? I feel like replacing it is hard. I don't think you you would want because you want that one-on-one kind mm-hmm. of interaction. I think it's more to use it to your benefit. I would say, though, for me, when it's raining, for example, or if you're going to miss out on the court, I know maybe dry California won't get much rain at some parts of the year. Sometimes Hopefully of the not year, but, the rest of the year. <laughs> but I think on a rainy day, yeah, on a rainy day is a perfect way to practice or to work on something specific and keep it light as well. And and then you can work on specific shots on your own if you want to work on your back end or on your serve on your return or those cognitive. Um, or you can make a full practice, you know, select five or six drills and do it. I think for people who also have busy schedules, you don't have to get out and take it for an hour. You just you can take it out for 15, 20 minutes they can also use it for a warm up like oh maybe i'm at home i want to you know get a, active a little bit before i head out to wherever you're going to hit so you don't get out and just start playing because i know some players like they or some people that play they might warm up and do their stretches but some people might just go on and and play and then you don't really want to get injured 
So maybe that's a way to not put so much stress on your body, but keep active and motivate yourself to maybe do a warm up and do a cool down before or after you play. So I'd say, yeah, those are a few things that I, I feel like it's very, it could be very effective. And then they could also measure the benefit of it and how it helps them or, you know, kind of gauge how much it improves when they were actually hitting and when they were mentalizing and visualizing it. Because I think, I think part of it too is when you use it or when you're doing it, you kind of get into the mindset of like, oh, this is game day or this is going to be my practice. So you're not just like, I don't know, sending emails on your phone and then you're off to play and then your head is still somewhere else. Mm. Maybe it's a way to kind of like, it's not about only all, yes, you have the mental skills that you start developing or working on it, but it's also getting into a headspace of like tennis in a also very fun and kind of light way and different as well, because most people don't really do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Just to compliment there, Michelle. What you know, Luis was saying that the stimulation of your brain and sort of bringing your focus uh, to that aspect—it's huge. And let me give you two use cases here. When you were, let's talk about a little bit like the adult leagues, the the USDA, and so on. As I think Luisa perfectly described, you know, all of these players most likely they have their own busy schedules outside of their tennis leagues. Uh, apart from the very fanatics that it's probably their full-time job but uh i think of those you know just being able to get that extra 15 20 minutes off you know you're heading to practice and you don't have really time to warm up and you gotta get there you have five minutes warm up and play it's getting this you know reaction you know focusing anticipation that you get on court much more aware of your space but also you just your brain is much more stimulated one thing that we've noticed that we've talked to players is that, you know, and I can even remind myself, it's like when I would be uh, there training, I would warm up and do like that 10, 15 minute uh, warm up. And I will be physically warm, but we'll be, I'll get on court and my brain will be completely, you know, somewhere else. And I would say the other use case, it's the juniors, uh, you know, especially from 12 to 17 year olds. That's a huge, especially because their brain is developing so much and absorbing so much. Therefore, like their reaction, their anticipation, that focus aspect, it's in full mode, right? So like by being able to just do 15, 20 minutes, you know, three times a week, that already increases and it becomes much more efficient, that type of training. So I think that those are the two uh, ways that, and as Luisa said, you know, recover. <laughs> well as well as um warm up sorry we'll take a dog cameo we love the puppies on this podcast yeah. <laughs> we do i want a puppy to travel with me you have to i need to, <laughs> I need to I need to work on it. Side side, quick puppy story. I want to do a team T-Dub dog calendar. So you have until oh. the end of the year. <laughs> cool. Just <Okay>. same. <laughs> yes. I'll work on it. I have a few more months. Um, okay. Back to, back to virtual tennis. Um, I am actually making my way back into the coaching world after a 10 year hiatus and will be coaching a team this fall, which I'm very excited about, but I saw Yannick that your alma mater is also using this. So the university of South Florida is using it. How can, how is this being used at, in a team aspect? Um, 
can a team share one device and like different players use it or can they all have them and and practice together? Talk to me about the team aspect of this. Yeah, so USF, they started using uh, January, February, uh, men's and women's team, they've started using it. They both have, each of the team has two headsets. Okay. Uh, but when the team environment, everyone has their own profile. Uh, so they can set up their own profile so they can, the coach can track their own, you know, performance. Um, different ones do different ways. I know, for example, the women's teams, they do more of like a team, quote unquote, sense arena practice. Uh, and as Luisa was saying, they actually uh, thrive a lot on the competition. So they choose, you know, certain drills in how, you know, can each one of them can do best and whatnot. And when the men's team, it's a little bit more, let's say, individual training where each one, they have their own needs uh, because it has a little bit more of that visualization of like uh, someone doesn't like to play against a lefty player. How do I see that? Or, you know, someone likes to do more the volleys or, or returns and whatnot. So that's more from that team environment. But I think the most important part here, being a university or being an academy, it's that the coach can set up, you know, just the different number of profiles. And then they we have a cloud platform, which you can access through your mobile or your computer. And then you can see your results from day one to day 20 and whatnot. So you can also track that aspect. That's awesome. And then you have a ton of partnerships with some really amazing names. We've got Luisa here, but... You also have Martina Navratilova hanging out with you guys um, and a few others. So maybe talk to me about the pro relationships and what that looks like and how they're helping with the platform. Yeah. So uh, Martina was, let's say, as we can imagine, you know, the trailblazer in so many ways. Uh, she was also one with Sense Arena. So she was in the very beginning um, of the of our journey. Uh, from an advisor and, of course, from an ambassador, you know, like she, I think, revolutionized the game in so many ways from that physical aspect uh, of tennis. And now, like she she even says, you know, one of the things that she says is that the game has become so physical that you get, you know, all players now are basically fit. Um, but now, like what the differentiator really starts to come more from that mindset, that mental game. And so, you know, how can Sensorina sort of like help athletes in that aspect of it? So, again, Martina has been tremendous and she's just such a great ambassador and it's so authentic, you know, and of course it helps that she's Czech as well yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in certain ways. And then, of course, you know, Luisa was probably um, number two or three of one of the pro <laughs> players that started using it. Uh, you know, she started using before we actually launched officially the product. So she started using cool. this U.S. Open. We launched in November. So, you know, we have right now, I think, about 16 or 17 pros um, that use it. You know, Jennifer Brady, she's been using to recover herself. Um, but Jack Sock, um, Kamjanovic, Rosori also started, you know, trying out and whatnot. And then we have, so more of the pros, they all use on their own ways and needs. And then we have a six, um, apart from uh, Martina, we have six advisors 
who work uh, internally as well to you know help with drills functionalities and whatnot and we have advisors all the way who you know Claudio Pistolesi who coach you know Soderling worked with Monica Salis to you know actually coaches who work at you know high performance academies so we have the different use cases and how best gets to that point so um, and then we actually also just partner with IMG Future Stars uh, as well which was great you know just having the IMG um, just we know how IMG is involved in tennis in so many ways but also the Future Stars which at the end of the day as we just talked about that level of the juniors being exposed to this technology um, you know because they're creating their own routines their own ways to train uh, which the pros and anything that's even more I think the pros taking on Sense Arena at the level that they're at which a lot of them you know they have the routine you know from A to Z mm-hmm. um, so defined so like taking into a new tool uh, which I know, you know, like Luisa or all these other pros are always looking for something to make them better. But, you know, these junior players, they're actually developing their own routine. So, you know, I think for us, it's really helping and educating that generation on how they can uh, hopefully use this to use now, but also, you know, when they reach the highest level, uh, which that's what we're really seeing in hockey as well. Nice. They're born into technology, huh? Yeah. <laughs> new generation. That's crazy. So, if I get on there, am I able to see like Luisa's scores or like her favorite drills even? Or maybe has she created any drills for us? Because she always has great drills. <laughs> we had a good one recently. Yeah. Huh? Maybe we should add that one. I know. That's what I was thinking. It was kind of cognitive too. Yeah. So um, actually, no, I know Luisa, as she mentioned beginning of uh, the podcast, you know, she's just been so busy and she has had so much great results. Uh, we definitely, when we've done that with Jennifer Brady, uh, since she, you know, has been able to have a little bit more of the off time at this point, but she's put together what we call a training plan. Mm. Uh, so, you know, sharing a little bit of how pros uh, and athletes train. So it helps, you know, the general public, the juniors, the recreational, the the leaguers uh, to to train. So we we try to do that on um, on and off. So we already have like Martina's training plan and so on. So definitely need to get with Luisa. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we, she won't really have much time because she's <laughs> yeah. gonna just continue to keep winning. Uh, but when <laughs> she has a little break, uh, definitely we'll pick her brain. Because uh, that's, again, it, that's how we thrive. It's with the expertise of uh, people who use it. So Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll find some time for sure. <laughs> we'll get on to so, it. So, but Luisa, maybe you can tell drills. the listeners there, what's your what's your top two, three drills? Yeah. No, I love the cognitive one. I think I love the fast reaction. Like I said, because of doubles, I think it's cool. It's important to be able to have fast reactions but also when you have the math problem that you have to hit the right place you kind of have to see where the person's returning make the decision to poach or not poach or if the ball's coming at you and kind of like where you want to go with that ball after you you go so you need to anticipate it but you also want to make you know uh, put away volley so the volley ones are definitely my favorite i benefited a lot from returns um, especially technique wise just like footwork split step, get behind the ball, short swing forward. Um, I think 
that's one of my yeah it turned out to be one of my favorites initially it's just a lot of reps and work i like the middle like grooving i feel like it's not the most fun drill but i i like it to just kind of start warming up and like you know start bouncing and like especially if i want to get in the mood of like getting more intense the i use the cognitive ones i use the lights one as well where you have to like kind of pick um go toward towards the light where the ball is i I say light but it's it's the ball so just go with the widget where he goes i think any all the fast girls ones so the volley one i can also do from one side or the other side so i choose where i stay especially coming back from injury i injured at the net on one side as when my partner was uh serving so i feel like going back to like that visual for me is also like nice i won't say it's my favorite but it's definitely one that i use a lot just because mentally so yeah for sure that's awesome but i want to i want to create a, a new one maybe I'll, I'll create we'll trade create a plan a training plan so now that I want to go play virtual tennis, um, what do I need? What do we need? How do we get involved? How do we start? How do I sign up? <laughs> Tell us how we, how someone listening can check out Sense Arena and get going. Yeah, so, you know, we have our website, so tennis.sensearena.com. Uh, you get there, you'll find all the information that you need. Uh, there we, you can select your plan. Uh, you know, in the racket, the size of the racket, one big thing that we haven't talked too much about it is that actually that we offer a racket, uh, which is haptic, so which actually means that it vibrates when you hit the ball. So you're giving that more immersive feeling when you're inside of, uh, of the application. Uh, and as well, it's, you know, it's similar weight and balance independent of the racket that you use, but it, you know, it's an overall uh, pretty 290 grams uh, with a balance point pretty close to to the actual racket um, and then uh, apart from that you just the meta quest 2 uh, which you can find in any electronic store best buy or amazon uh, which again it's not only used for sensorina but you can have a bunch of different applications in there uh, so it's done by Facebook. So you, if you type MetaQuest2, you'll find it uh, in majority of the stores around you. Um, I kind of want to ask this question because I know our listeners will, and they love to geek out on gear, and we love to geek out on gear at Tennis Warehouse, obviously. Can you customize the racket? Like, can you change like what? the string setup feels like or like how heavy or head he- headlight head heavy no probably maybe <laughs> yeah the the part of the the heaviness on the strings no because um it's virtual mm-hmm. right so i don't know if louisa has done but i always try to move my strings but i'm not able to <laughs> uh, but what it is cool uh, from a customization aspect of it uh, is that actually you can so we partner with Head and also with Solinko. So you can actually choose any of those brands. So I think, Luisa, you use the Radical. Is that right? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. So, and you know, Hyper-G. Louisa, <laughs> yeah. So sure. she can actually have her rack, uh, Radical Head racket, you know, with her doing the drills. Um, and we hope, you know, to expand to other brands as well. That's cool. And then just the customization, again, it's important to say that you can choose grass, hard court, clay court, uh, and as well, like what time during the day, if it's, you know, morning, 
uh, if it's afternoon, so you see the shade parts of the court uh, or playing a night as well, you know, which uh, I didn't definitely didn't like playing a night. So that's something else that you go through mentally. Uh, and one of the biggest things, which uh, a lot of people don't like it, um, but it's actually super beneficial. It's the wind. <laughs> so you can customize and put wind within it, which is actually very frustrating in Sense Arena in itself. Um, so if you want to get your frustration out before you get on court, or at least, you know, get your brain that like this, what I'm going to experience, we have that ability as well, um, which again, sometimes I get frustrated, but I think that's the point, right? Yeah, it's having the ability and how to deal with it. That's cool. I love that. I mean, I hate that, but I love that. <laughs> it's basically like doing the thing that you need to do that you don't want to do, but you got to do it. So <laughs> that's cool. And no one can, you can never like practice for a really windy day. You can't just like go out on right. a perfectly sunny day and be like, oh, I need, I know it's going to be windy where I play this weekend. So that's really cool. Um, what else do you need to tell us that we haven't talked about? You guys are so awesome. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> it's the Brazil vibes. I swear you guys are like, <laughs> everyone from Brazil is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love our Brazilians. We always get together. No, I think from my side, look, I know that as we're, we're talking about routine and performance, uh, you know, I, I first of all I'd like to thank Luisa for taking the time because I know that, you know, of being course. at events, it's never easy so i appreciate it i know that you know she has her own stuff that she has to do um and i know michelle also just being here with us but from our side again just uh get on the website learn a little bit more uh we have our whole you know contact page um so please you know feel free to email me call me or anything that um you have any questions and any of the listeners have any questions more than welcome to you know speak to them and spend time uh, and even and also if you already have sense arena uh please give us a shout we love to hear because what we do in sense arena in the virtual world the beautiful thing is that we can customize much quicker than the real world so you know we're always open to feedback because hopefully you know we can continue to improve the technology to everyone that's awesome nice thank you yeah and i think what i was gonna add is first of all thanks for having me i'm, I'm so happy to be part of Sensorina. it's a really cool um platform and new resource like i say to to use on tour and also off but i think for everyone who has listened or who's listening i would say test it out try it out i'm a big fan of Everybody needs to find what works for them. I think this is something that can work for a lot of people in different cases, whether you're a pro, whether you just love tennis, whether you play on the weekend or you play once a week or every day. I feel like you can benefit from this, um, whichever level you're at. So I think give it a try. And if you have questions, ask. I know when I started or my first time trying, I had a lot of questions and even like feedback for you. And I think it's, it's cool to give, have this back and forth so you can actually maximize everything that sense can, can give you just in terms of drills or specifications or like something he said here, I still, I didn't know totally. So I think I still have questions as it comes because it's kind of new and it's a lot of features and so the more you kind of explore, the more you ask, the better you can get from it too. So I hope everybody can can try it out and feel and 
yeah and like share as well because i think it's the cool part of it once it starts growing i'm really excited to see them grow because i know this is gonna pick up and it's gonna a lot of people are gonna make good use of it and for michelle congrats on the coaching position i'm really excited to <laughs> okay. hear can't wait to follow along and see what what you do next but we'll keep in touch and thanks for having me it's really fun it's really cool great energy talking to you guys so thanks for having me always and don't get me wrong i'm not leaving tennis warehouse i will be coaching a local high school team of young ladies which i'm very excited fun fact uh i used to coach college and high school so i'm just kind of adding on but I feel like this is such a cool tool. And as someone that is a bit old school, we used to always say the only way you could like mentally prepare was to play matches. And this is a new way of like actually being able to work your brain a little bit and be in the situation and not have to like go, go to the court, pack your bag, set up a match, do this, you know, all that. At first I was kind of like, oh, is this just going to be like we tennis or like, yeah, it's going to be fun. We play but it's like actually very beneficial and has cognitive work and technical work and all the things. So I actually am excited to take a closer look and get invested and check it out because I feel like it could be such a cool tool for players of all ages and levels. Yeah, for sure. Let us know um, what high school we can definitely know, hopefully get you guys going. Uh, And Michelle, as you said, you know, the... As in Luisa said, you know, this is more than anything, it's a compliment. We're definitely not trying to replace on-court training. Um, you know, just like any tool, we're here to, you know, make your whatever training more effective, more productive, uh, to make sure that the athletes have a better performance. That's our ultimate goal is that athletes, you know, can get a little bit better every day. So. Awesome. And of course, in the show notes, we will link all the links so you can go straight to Sensorina. We'll link Luisa's Instagram and videos that she's recently done with Tennis Warehouse because we got to see her at BMP. And thank you both for your time. This was awesome. Love your energy. Luisa, wishing you all the best of luck, not only in Stuttgart, but the rest of the year. We're so excited to keep an thank eye you. out. Yes. And Yannick, it was great meeting you. You you were awesome. I love I love the Brazil connection. I'm just here for it. Thank you guys both. This is awesome. Thanks, Michelle. That was fun. Yay. Happy hitting. Glad you guys connected too. Yes, I know. <laughs> we is. love those. Happy hitting. Yeah. Good luck, Lou. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and until next time, happy hitting.